it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, 
explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Shri and Peter. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, one of the aforementioned CPG guys. I'm also the Vice President of Partner Strategy and Development at Fetch Rewards, a mobile loyalty platform. While my podcast partner, Shri, could not be with us for this episode, I am very pleased to report that we have in his place a good friend of mine, Daniel Torres Dwyer, Director of Executive Search at Dwyer Partners, which specializes in director to C-level positions at consumer goods and retail companies. Daniel, welcome to the co-host chair of the CPG Guys podcast and Happy New Year. Hi, Peter. Happy New Year to you too. And thanks for having me here. I'm very excited, I have to say, after following you since you started in 2020 and all the success you've had. It's an honor, I would say, to be co-hosting. Well, thank you, Daniel. It's my honor to have you here. And I want to mention to the audience that the reason Daniel's here is because he's actually now part of the CPG Guys family. Starting this month, January of 2022, Daniel and his friend Efren Rosario are launching their own podcast called the, wait for it, FMCG Guys, or Fast Moving Consumer Goods, which takes the CPG Guys format of omni-channel digital exploration to the European market. It has been something that a lot of our followers have been asking us about, and we're happy to be able to deliver again. Now, both Efren and Daniel are based in Europe, and we'll be talking with FMCG and retail thought leaders about the transformation happening on the other side of the Atlantic. Daniel, you want to share a little bit more about what you and Ephraim have in store for FMCG, guys? Yeah, of course. And I've been podcasting now for a few years, most recently with the Lead and Thrive podcast, which I started myself in 2020. And I think there's a lot of commonalities between the CPG guys and Lead and Thrive. So basically, yeah, we got together and thought that why not get the best of both worlds and start a version of the CPG guys in Europe. So basically what it's been until now and it will continue to be is speaking with influential people in our industry, either about a business topic or more a leadership topic as well, but exploring also like the human side behind the executive. So the idea behind this rebranding is to reach a wider audience and basically have a positive impact on the industry and this time in Europe, and especially getting a bit close to what the CPG guys have got to do in the US will already be a success, I think. Well, Sri and I could not be more excited about having you and Ephraim as part of our family. You'll be hearing us talk a lot about FMCG guys on our podcast. We'll do some crossovers. It should be a lot of fun. So Daniel, welcome. Can't, can't wait to learn more and listen more to what the FMCG guys have in store. I want to remind our audience that all of the CPG Guys content can be found by simply visiting cpgguys.com. That includes the Omnis episodes, which we released over the Christmas week. As you may remember, the Omnis are our take as to the best at Omnichannel Digital, where we recognize brands, retailers, and marketplaces. It's a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's our way of having fun to talk about it. We're really excited. And we want you to continue being part of our community. Best way to do that, go to linkedin.com. And in the search box, enter CPG Guys. And now you can enter FMCG Guys too as well. And you can start following their LinkedIn page. And when you get to when you get to our pages, just click follow. And that way you can see all the most recent content we have. Best thing about it, doesn't cost nothing. It's free. That's exciting. And lastly, I'll just mention that uh, the CPG Guys are very proud to be 
in partnership with NEW, the network of executive women whose mission it is to advance gender equality in the workplace and to promote the careers of women leaders in our industry. So the best way to learn more about NEW is to visit uh, newonline.org slash CPG guys, and you can learn all about how you can become involved in this extremely worthwhile community. Uh, we highly recommend NEW as, uh, as an organization. All right, let's get down to our episode today. The topic, it's one that we love to explore very frequently. It's data and analytics. We've said on this podcast many times before that data is one of the most valuable commodities in CPG. And when converted to actionable insights, it really is the game changer for brand equity growth. We've had others on the show earlier episodes talk about the role of data and how the future of insights will be shaped by scale and speed. This is the second episode in a two-part series where the CPG guys have partnered with Tiger Analytics, an advanced analytics and AI consulting company enabling enterprises to generate business value through data. The emergence of a new C-level title, the Chief Analytics Officer, is just one indication of how serious and attention in the space has gained. The emergence of open source big data and data science innovations has now triggered a second wave in the analytics space, increasing in magnitude of positive impact delivered to businesses. Acquiring, storing, and processing growing volumes of data, structured investigation to discover insights, advanced analytics, and machine learning driven decisions in an end-to-end -end pipeline that brings it all together can unlock hidden avenues of incremental value optimize costs and free cash flows for businesses. That is really the mission behind Tiger Analytics. Returning for today's episode from episode one is Tiger Analytics Chief Customer Officer, Kishore Gumaraju, and joining him, Paola Peretti, Vice President of Consumer and Digital Experience at Mars. So please join Daniel and me in welcoming to the podcast, Kishore and Paola. Greetings, how are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you very much for having us, Peter and Daniel. Thanks a ton for having us over at the CPG Guys. It's a privilege and wish you and the listeners a very, very happy and prosperous 2022. And uh, Daniel, congratulations on the launch of FMCG Guys. It's great that we'll be on the first episode literally in the first week of January. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Paola. Hello, thank you so much. I will start by saying, are we ready for the 2022? That would definitely be the year of even more data, even more Web 3.0 and merging physical and virtual to unlock potential opportunities for our CPG brands. That's wonderful. That's great. Before we get to the questions, Kishore, would you please tell us a little bit about where our audience can learn more about Tiger Analytics? their value proposition for clients. And would you uh, just briefly go over what your omni-channel offerings are? So Peter, just to remind the audience, uh, we are Tiger Analytics, the fastest growing AI and analytics services provider with a mission of enabling an always on enterprise where enterprise action is powered by data and insights. We are a team of 1600 plus data scientists, data ML AI engineers, information architects, domain experts, design thinkers, and visualization specialists and are growing at over 100% year on year. We help our clients realize value from data through execution of projects and custom insight applications. We establish COEs and are part of client teams and with the capabilities around analytics, data engineering, and ML. And finally, we help establish strategic roadmaps for insight capabilities as well. 
more than 45% of our business is CPG and retail and therefore Omnichannel is a big part of what we do. As part of Omnichannel offerings, we have a solution called Omnichannel Brain, which are analytic solutions and Omnichannel Data Foundation, which brings multiple data sources together. You can learn more about us on Tiger Analytics at www.tigeranalytics.com and our Omnichannel offerings at tigeranalytics/omnichannel. That's terrific. Thank you for that, Kishore. You did use one acronym, COE. I'll let our audience know that Center of Excellence. If in case anyone wants to know, I'll. Paul, I'll let you know that on this podcast, whenever anyone uses an acronym, we usually ask them to break that down so that so that everyone in the audience can come along for the journey on us. But thank you for that, Kishore. I'm going to include in the digital liner notes of this podcast episode links to Kishore's LinkedIn profile, Paolo's LinkedIn profile, and to the two URLs that Kishore mentioned for Tiger Analytics. So make sure you Visit the actual episode liner notes. You'll find the hyperlinks. No need to write them down. Easy to find there. So let's get into the questions for today. We've got some pretty terrific ones and can't wait to hear from everybody. I'm going to kick it off and it's going to go to Paola. So Paola, of course, welcome again to the podcast. You are currently serving as the Vice President of Digital and Consumer Experience at Mars. Can you help us understand your journey so far and what is the the functional capabilities that you are looking to deliver to the Mars organization in your current role. Thank you so much. And yes, let me say first that I'm a lucky person. I build my entire career across three magic dots that I try to connect it all the time. Data from one side, design on the other side, and dreams on the top. I, I have worked for absolutely amazing consumer brands within five countries, two continents, and and actually across five different categories within CPG, but not only fashion, luxury, and also retail. So very quickly, I worked from the media industry and led Vogue as CMO in an era where content was the product and uh, where digital was not yet as important as right now. And then I moved into digital marketing, um, leading Europe, Africa, and Middle East for Electrolux, so in major appliances. And then I finally joined Mars first as the lead of the first digital business uh, unit, uh, um, across all segments and across the six major markets. And for the very first time, designing and developing capabilities around uh, intelligence, so data and analytics, again, marketing, uh, and definitely experience across the different digital channels. And finally, I, I left Mars first to become the chief digital officer of Montclair. For me, it was the time to move into the dream of having and owning end-to-end -end from the transformations to leading a digital culture and also I had the chance to internalize B2C and fortunately I had the chance to work for Montclair in shaping their D2C journeys uh, that we had the chance to grow average 46% every year and then finally right now I moved back to Mars and I'm leading uh, as you mentioned digital and consumer experience for the health and wellness necking platform so goal overall for us is really to build the next 10, 20 years at Mars, moving into these health and wellness trends. And um, I'm 
really what I feel is that I'm really responsible for shaping and how our brands like Kind or Nature's Bakery interact with consumer by leveraging uh, data and uh, driving this ongoing experimentation that is the only way to really understand how omnichannel business can overall not just become available, but also profitable and meaningful uh, for the uh, customer in itself. So, and I have to say, uh, let me say a, a really big part of everything I'm doing and also of the success uh, of the work is uh, the, the partnership I have and we have with Tiger. They are delivering value every day in making everything simple, but also in, in transforming data by, by driving the right level of adoptions and uh, by being able to activate them across the full consumer experience journey. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, and Kishore, uh, out of curiosity, and actually from, from what Paola is saying, actually, what value propositions have uh, Tiger Analytics brought to Mars? And specifically, and I think when you talk about health and Mars, it's about like Kind, which is one of the, I think, hottest brands and in the, in the chocolate bar shelf lately. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And thank you, Paula, for, uh, for your kind words there. So Tiger has been a strategic partner to Mars over the last three years, and we have together accomplished a lot and we have learned a lot as well in the process. Right? Let me maybe take a few examples to give you a flavor of the work that we've done there. One is we worked with Paula in conducting design sessions to help identify how we could engage with top retail partners, top 10 retail partners in a more strategic way. Right? So this led to a series of test and learn experiments. And Paula is really big on test and learn. And that's something that we've done a lot of. And like I give you some examples right? on how do we help improve store share. Or in Mexico, it, the problem was you know, enough folks were coming to the website but not uh, converting. Right? Or in case of uh, across the retail uh, segment, especially post-COVID, how do we solve for availability issues? Right? For instance, we have leveraged data to help identify key opportunity areas to help reduce out of stock and translated it to specific actions across store associates, warehousing and demand planning, etc. Right. And this has delivered tremendous amount of value. In another case, uh, we helped establish the roadmap of capabilities to maximize the opportunity to be realized from on demand delivery, which has again picked up very significantly over the last few months. Right. So we helped determine the size of the price by market help calculate true incrementality from delivery from intermediary channels and optimize search and spend campaigns. In other case, it's about uh, omni-channel sales attribution. In an omni world, while we are working with retailers, it is key to answer questions like which media activation drives maximum incremental sales or how does the impact vary by geography, retailer, category, brand? When do we change an activation based on saturation? So we've leveraged our accelerators and extensive knowledge of data sources, which are continuously evolving, including retail media, to develop tools, playbooks to help answer these questions. And these have been a huge success. One last thing is across all of these initiatives, we have helped establish a data foundation to help improve access to quality data and analytical features and thereby improve the productivity of data scientists, business analysts to provide better insights right, and more timely insights. So the work that we've been doing spans across roadmap development, insight applications, analytical modeling, as well as data foundation. Thank you, Kishore. And that really sounds fantastic. Paula, what are some of the best examples where you have seen data being used as a strategic asset at Mars? 
I have to say at least three examples. The first one is even using basic first and second party data to internalize the ability for us to optimize online media. It's a big shift and an important one where we can uh, gain efficiency, learn more about the consumers and really partner even better with our external players. And um, the second one that is one of my favorite even in my career is really build a one view of the customer. So we think we know them, but the reality is that we leverage the all of the data that are available across the full consumer journey to get into the details. So building clusters of personas and, and definitely then try to adjust the portfolio, the offer, and uh, by establishing uh, different roles for physical and virtual platforms across all of the steps of, of the journey. Another one uh, um, that I remember at Royal Canin, for example, it was the use of data to drive personalizations of D2C, but also from the moment where we know that the, the pet owner is, is in starting the, the experience around owning a puppy and, and from to the very end of the first time they are trying to get him vaccinated or, or finding the best decisions uh, for them. So I have to say that the last one uh, that we mentioned previously that is one of the key components of our journey is how we can partner differently with retailers. So definitely uh, when we work together with one of the most important at the global level uh, American retailers to define together the path to purchase for the different uh, omni-channel uh, opportunities and see how to adjust our portfolio strategy to the to the to the data and um, and make it uh, relevant for the shopper so these are some of them I can go on and on and uh, and and with tiger I think we have even more for sure. I think in line with what uh, what Paula mentioned, there are tremendous opportunities, right? Uh, uh, I'd like to share a few couple of them. One is uh, identifying trends and opportunities for innovation. And we've worked with several CPG firms to leverage data across social, traditional and research sources to identify and quantify the value of certain key trends and help them decide on the nature of investments to support innovation. In one particular case, we were able to deliver opportunity value in excess of 228 million by identifying these opportunities. The other one is marketing analytics. There's a huge way where we see CPG companies wanting to bring marketing analytics in-house. Right? Keeping insight capabilities in the hands of few agencies is like keeping your destiny in the hands of someone else. So uh, some of our clients have started working with us to take their marketing analytics capabilities across the five C's of campaign, content, consumer, community, and commerce right, in-house. And that's delivering a lot, lot of value as well. The other thing that Paula referenced, which is really the maximizing customer lifetime value in D2C, like in pet food, right? we are helping them personalize the food recommendations to the pet parent and help maximize the revenues from uh, subscriptions. On the other hand, uh, for a baby products major, we are helping the client understand the overall journey and find the right time and way to engage with the prospective mother. So thus, data can be really used as a strategic across, uh, asset across the board in creating a sustainable multiplier effect on revenues. And Kishore, is there another way also through this data, you're helping companies like Mars more on a day-to-day decision-making in this omni-channel environment that we're... I'm so glad you asked that question, Daniel. So 
So the thing is, you can make all the strategic changes with respect to initiatives on insights. The most important thing in this environment, it's critical that day-to-day decisions taken across all levels in the organization are enabled by insights. Right? And let me take some examples of how we make that happen. So for example, let's take route to market or retail execution. Here we use data to optimize decisions that are taken in retail execution by the store associates, like things like how much time should the store associate spend in the store? Which stores should they be visiting? What activities should she be performing when she's in the store? What should be the route plan, etc.? These are all decisions that are informed by certain tools that we have developed and they're integrated with their route planning application. Take innovation. We talked to the strategic part of innovation, but key to success of innovation is to know as early as possible answers to questions like, is innovation working? Right? What should I do to make this particular innovation succeed? Should I kill this innovation and cut losses? We've helped our clients uh, build fairly complex analytical models to understand performance of their innovations and manage their drivers of success even better. The third one example I'll take is trade architecture. We've been helping some of our CPG clients to move to a pay for performance model in trade architecture in an omni-channel environment that is fair, equitable, and that aligns with the core business strategies and priorities. And for this, we have provided the business with visibility to key omni-channel metrics, tools to simulate and plan performance around these metrics. And this is providing value in excess of $100 million over the next three years or so. And finally, I'll take the example of supply chain execution. It all comes down to supply chain today, right, in terms of availability and fulfillment. Here, if you take execution, there are a lot of decisions that need to be made on a day-to-day basis. What changes should I make to my inventory allocation? What should I do to help improve my OTIF scores and therefore reduce my penalties that retailers are imposing on me? We help answering these questions, leveraging machine learning and making it part of their process so that actions can be taken. So it's not only about strategic decisions, but it's also about day-to-day action at each and every level in the organization. Let me remind our audience that we are speaking today with Paola Peretti from Mars and Kishore Gumaraju from Tiger Analytics. So Paola, let's shift to something that I love to talk about because it's part of my professional background. It is very much the essence of market research. How do test and learn experiments help drive digital transformation from your perspective? And can you share more around this from work that you've been doing most recently at Mars? Let me say I had the chance during my career to then stop and and take a PhD in marketing where I really focus my research and run a ton of test and learn and experimentation to really understand the the customer experience journey. And uh, the more I was working as a researcher, the more I realized that uh, running ongoing experimentations is uh, a huge driver of cultural change. It, It is almost the only way to really uh, learn and improve. So in especially the last uh, couple of years at Mars, we work a lot on moving from like products and brands and to experiences. So in um, what does it mean? It, it means running experimentations on, on content. So asking ourselves and finding within the data the answers to some of the key questions. How do they react to the content? And what what, what is the level of engagement? And and what are their specific preferences and to 
really tailor uh, the content across the channels to what the consumers want and not just what we think is correct from a brand perspective. The second, and it's one of my favorite as an example, is around search behavior trends. Uh, again, the from two is like from us chasing reach or chasing the consumers a bit everywhere to having them finding us while looking for specific areas of interest. For example, around health and wellness, this is a huge opportunity. It's a big shift in, in strategy. So um, it requires a lot of uh, different processes and tools. And the experimentations facilitate that change and that transformations. And uh, the final one, I have to say, is really from the experimentation around D2C. D2C in CPG, uh, it was still used a bit in silos uh, as a channel where you, you can sell or interact uh, on a community level with um, key consumers. And then we move to use it as, a, as an experiment lab and really test product innovations and test different concepts and formats, but also test how to connect with other retailers to, to make the omni-channel experience truly consumer-centric. Paula is really big on test and learn as a means to drive change and value. And uh, what we've done is we at Tiger have actually established a test and learn platform solution that we help define control test groups you know, in a scientific manner and help evaluate performance, tabulate the results and leverage them. Most importantly, leverage meta learnings across various experiments and studies right, so that they can be used on a continual basis to deliver value. Very interesting. And Paula... Out of curiosity, I mean, we all know that experimenting in a big multinational is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. What challenges do you find and how do you overcome them? Yeah, no, thank you so much, Daniel. Yes, it is incredibly hard. And I have to say, one of the key advice that I have is truly to find the right partner and, and not because it's here, but uh, Tiger definitely allow me and the team to, to raise the bar of our experimentations in a very natural, spontaneous and in, in, a, in a true and really partnership way that is quite rare in this space. And uh, so even thanks to them, I think we um, increase speed. Speed is number one challenge in, in, in CPG big corporations. And uh, it's really, uh, we have to adjust to the consumers and what they need. And I have to say in partnership with Tiger, we, we speed up three times probably thanks to the experimentations. Um, the second one I think is around uh, accountability. So sometimes we spend more time internally to drive storytelling or to, to get the approval by reinforcing and, and tell again and again the why uh, instead of spending the exact amount of time on the what and on learning by doing the how. So that's the second challenge. And uh, and I believe that in the end, again, having the right partners can allow also to speed up the the, the approval and, and to then get to the 
what's important so the the outcome of the experiments um and then the 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 changing culture is the third uh, barrier that we had to overcome that is mainly in culture that is uh, the cross functional approach that is needed is is number one and the second one is the truly consumer centric um in the end i usually say that a commercial can win prizes and be very successful within the expert community but can definitely completely fail at the consumer's level and that's important to consider both into account in delivering our plans so Kishore, a lot of the things that paola just mentioned are very much internal to the organization how does tiger analytics help in overcoming the challenges that she just outlined i'm so glad you asked this question peter the issues that paola mentioned around speed decision making data driven culture this the need to work across silos in an organization are all very unstructured problems to solve hence it needs a combination of art and science to solve this it's not just about building analytical models and so the key challenge is how might we make the change happen and realize value as we are making it happen it's not about a 18 month 24 month transformation it's something that you need to be delivering value so that you take people along with you and for this we do three things one is human centric design which is we leverage design thinking as an approach in all our engagements so that like paula mentioned right we frame the right problems to solve why are we solving something what is the problem really that we want to solve for rather than just building a model and then solve for them with empathy creativity and imagination at the center and that's that's the core of it right so that we are creating something unique uh, with competitive advantage the second thing is agile experimentation in line with what paula was talking about we set up swat teams where we embed our data scientists engineers and domain experts with client teams as part of agile roadmap so every initiative i spoke of earlier have been executed this way the third thing is data science and engineering accelerators now these are code templates that we bring with us so these help in reducing the time to market of solutions by over 50 to 60% The unique thing is that these accelerators are given free to our clients and we also give them the IP associated so we do not hold them you know to ransom to proprietary solutions some and products that we are selling this is something that our clients love so three things we do in summary one is human centric design to help with the desirability and adoption of solutions second is agile experimentation to ensure speed of value uh, and the third one is accelerators and intellectual property to help with speed to deployment and scaling of solutions so that's what we do for our clients fascinating very interesting kishore and and actually to you and paola from your, each of your vantage points how do you see the future evolve uh, i'll ask you to bring out your crystal balls here Oh, I like that. I'm already seeing through the crystal ball. And uh, let me say, we talk a lot about omnichannel data and consumer centricity. The future is about two things. The first one is what I call adaptive commerce. It means that truly what I mentioned before, the personas driven and when we focus more on moments that matters, the consumer finding us and versus the channel in itself. after the adaptive i think we will have to move into the what i call anticipatory commerce so it's really a dynamic configurations of of the full commerce experience so uh, the world is full of opportunities and as i mentioned at the beginning the, the web 3.0 in the end with this merging uh, of physical and virtual in real life in a meaningful 
way. We don't know yet what it is, but definitely I see this within the, the ball. And um, and then some key top initiatives. I think right now in every CPG company, we should have something around the use of data and analytics to drive demand planning, to um, optimize the channel strategy, and, and again, segmentation, segmentation, segmentations, building clusters of personas, and absolutely adjust the capabilities to deliver and maximize the value for them. I totally agree, Paula, on this. From my perspective, I believe the move will be really to being an always-on business environment, right, driven by insights. And uh, being always-on uh, requires three capabilities. One is the ability to sense changes, right, which is all about data, data architecture, to know what's happening in the environment, right? whether it is supply chain, whether it is marketing, whether it is sales, anywhere. Second is the ability to decide on the action to take, which is all about the insights from the data. And the third is the ability to act, which is all about systems, process, culture, all of that. So data and insights is really the foundation of the future. Without that, there is nothing, right? Um, that's how we, we at least look at it. The good news is that we are well on our way towards establishing these capabilities. So one is, let's take supply chain. We're working with a large manufacturer to establish an auto-corrective supply chain where we leverage ML to help take decisions on areas like inventory deployment based on demand sensing and supply chain events. The second one is, let's take manufacturing. They're helping some of our clients with their predictive maintenance based on knowledge of equipment health sourced from sensor data as part of the industry Ford Auto initiatives. Omnichannel analytics, we talked a lot about it before. So we are helping CPG companies bring all their raw data sources like retail media, offline media, syndicated, POS, trade, to deliver insights and enable great consumer experiences that Paula was talking about. And finally, take marketing analytics. We spoke about it earlier, where we are helping CPG companies identify audience, audiences, target audiences, optimize the marketing investments, by moving closer to the ideal world of a near 100% biddable environment with respect to media investments. So action is already there. I think many of the leading companies are on their journey towards this and therefore the dream of an always on enterprise is the way I look at it through my crystal ball. From my perspective, your crystal balls seem to be operating on full cylinders because those were some really great responses. Paolo, I particularly like the anticipatory commerce perspective. Those That's going to keep my mind running for the rest of the day. So my last question for Paola is I would love to have you share with us any advice you have for women who are looking to build careers in the FMCG industry, particularly around data and analytics. Well, thank you so much. This is really uh, something that uh, it's important to me personally because I I do believe that we have to um, get ready and facilitate uh, for uh, for women and young girls in in STEM and, and prepare their future. Uh, so I have just few advices. The first one is really work differently and be proud to be different. There's nothing wrong with that. Like uh, really, the the second one is. Um, Build a network. Uh, like there is always someone else externally that probably is facing the same problems and you are not alone. So the third one is remain curious and uh, try to 
uh, raise your voice. And I think the working with data and in partnership with Tiger, collaborating on expanding the, the culture of what we are doing by writing articles, like participating to amazing podcasts like this one and, and, um, and, and give the chance to other women to uh, get inspired and maybe then believe that this is the future and it's possible and it's achievable. I really like the point, Paola, of actually finding external partners like Tiger Analytics in this case that will help you in the journey and will make you successful. But I think that sometimes that's something that, that's not talked about enough and actually it can make such a difference. Over to you, Kishore, my last question. How are you evolving as a company to adapt to this changing environment where it feels like we're always at the end of the line when it comes to digital and what else can change? But as we're seeing year after year, the pace of change is, is, is increasing even. Before I answer that question, I want to thank Paula for what she said just now as a father of two daughters. I really think that uh, you know, people like you, Paula, are really an inspiration for, for young girls to aspire to do a lot more and, and be big. Right? Thank you very much for that. Now, coming back to your question, Daniel, uh, everything we are doing is to enable the always-on enterprise that I talked about. right? And for that, we are investing in three key things. One is solutions and accelerators. We're investing a lot in developing solutions, accelerators, domain-specific, business domain-specific solutions like the Omnichannel Brain, etc., to help reduce the time to market of implementations by 50 to 60%. So in Omnichannel space, for example, we've developed three solutions. One is the Omnibrain, that is analytical solutions for an Omnichannel business, Omnichannel Data Foundation, which is really bringing in all the data sources together to accelerate time to deployment, and data science platforms to help accelerate time to deployment of any of the analytical solutions. The second thing is approaches and methodologies. Now, this is to help with the human-centric design, the agile experimentation, and also taking learnings across industries. So, for example, uh, we worked with several CPG companies to help establish the ways of working in the context of omnichannel trade architecture. Now, that requires a different way of thinking, working across silos, new forms of metrics, and all of that. How do you make the change happen? The last thing is, and the most important one, is talent. The talent is the core at what we do. It's the core of everything that we do. And hence, we are hiring and investing in the best data scientists, designers, engineers. And we are doing a lot to create a great and a diverse working environment. Right. So if you think you have the background and want to be a part of a very exciting journey of the fastest growing AI and analytics services firm, Send me an email at kishore underscore gumaraju at tigeranalytics.com and refer the CPG guys or connect with me on LinkedIn. We'll be really glad to connect with you. I want to remind our audience that all of the content that we produce, our podcasts, links to our social media accounts on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and even a list of podcasts that we listen to when we're not recording this podcast. We're adding FMCG Guys to that list. You can get it by just going to cpgguys.com. And of course, we are an audience-driven podcast. What that means is we want to speak with great people like Paula and Kishore, people that are interesting to you. The best way you can let us know the topics and people you want us to talk to is just go to ratethispodcast.com slash cpg guys choose the apple platform and leave a review that's honestly the best way for you to reach us you can also reach out through our connections on linkedin that you can find on cpg guys 
I really want to thank Kishore and Paula for appearing on the podcast today. I'm going to have links to their LinkedIn profiles, certainly to Tiger Analytics. Another one, Daniel, we're going to have to add is mms.com because you can get customized uh, M&Ms. And I'm thinking we need to get some FMCG guys and CPG guys logos on those custom little M&Ms. Paula is nodding her head. Great idea. Yes. Brilliant idea. Isn't that? I know. I'm looking at the site. But even a kind T-shirt uh, for you to wear next time, in, especially when we have Kindness Day. Absolutely. And Paula, we're going to be sending you a CPG Guys T-shirt as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Deal. Thank you. But thank thanks to the both of you for, for coming on board. We really had a great conversation today. Thank you, Peter. And thank you, Paula. Joining the show and thank you, Daniel. Very, thank you very much for uh, having us over. Hey, Daniel, not bad. First episode out of the gate this year. We're launching FMCG, guys. I hope you had a great time. Wasn't this a great conversation? Really getting to the heart of how data and analytics transform a business. Yeah, no, I learned a ton. So that's one of the things that I most enjoy about doing podcasts. I always try. It, maybe it's a bit egoistical, but I always try to find topics that I'll actually be able to learn from. And this was not an exception. Yeah. Sheree and I say all the time that nobody learns more from our podcast than we do because it's really fantastic. I'll, I want to thank you for joining us, Daniel. And you want to give one last plug about the upcoming uh, FMCG Guys podcast that just launched? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it should be already available on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Just search for FMCG Guys. If you search the same thing on LinkedIn, you'll also find our page. And you can also find us on our website, fmcgguys.com. You'll already find new content of the new podcast, but also in the same FMCG Guys podcast, you'll find legacy interviews, if you like, of the Lead and Thrive podcast as well on the same page. All right. Well, thank you for that, Daniel. We are so excited to have you and Ephraim as part of our family. To our audience, I want to thank you for joining us. And we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye and happy new year. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.